everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us. Our guest author today, Ellen Hildebrand, is unable to join us. We learned just an hour and a half ago. So we are transforming this interview session into the Ellen Hildebrand book celebration. So be ready to share your reading experiences and insights about the fabulous author of 28 novels, including her newest book, The Hotel Nantucket. And we will have a question and answer session at the end. Get ready for another episode full of learning, laughter, and new ideas for readers and writers. So slip into your beach shoes and get ready for a beachside reading and writing adventure with your fellow bibliophiles at Writing Works Wonders. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous, unflappable Cheryl McNeil Fisher. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, and I have a master of the website, master of the universe, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. It's my great pleasure to introduce the author that we will be <laughs> discussing today. We'll be talking about her books. Ellen Hildebrand lives in the beautiful beachside community of Nantucket. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Ellen first published a story which appeared in Seventeen magazine in January of 1993. She's a graduate of the John Hopkins University and the Iowa Writing Workshop. She lives on Nantucket year-round where she writes, exercises, and cooks for her children. You may follow Ellen on Instagram at Ellen Hildebrand. So we're so excited everybody's with us. And as we start off, we know many people love Ellen's books. And so we're so glad you're all here. We thought that because they are about mostly Nantucket Beach uh, and their beachside romances very often, although there are a couple of series, we're wondering if some of you in the audience would like to start us off with sharing what draws you to Ellen's books. Why are you interested in them? Why do you chase down the latest release in order to catch them hot off the press? First up, we have Jane Tolino. I think what I appreciate about any book, if it's done well, is that the geography and the landscape become very real to communicating who the characters are. And there's always sex after a while. Storm is coming and you go, yeah, okay, see what you can do with that, y'all. And she does, she does a realistic job of what she does. So that makes them pleasant. I wish that any author who works with romance would remember that romance changes as you get older. And the same things that, you know, cook your, cook your goose or whatever, when you're younger, shift a little or maybe a lot. And I wish a more understanding and recognizable use of landscape to report those kinds of levels of loving and being and doing. I wish they'd show up more. Uh, That's great. Great. Yeah. 
So her location does come through a lot in the books. I was hearing the depth of location and I can envision it and I know the area and it brought me back there very much. But you're connecting with how she weaves it into the story in an important yes. way. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jane. Well, I love landscapes mm-hmm. for landscapes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's reassuring to know that people pay attention to what's around them. They don't always believe me. Go, Anthony. I love um, Ellen Hildebrand as well. I've read everything she's written up to this point. I also have been to Nantucket a few times. So, you know, some of the locations are fictional. Most of the locations are actually there or were there at some point. Just something, you know, to be able to say, I was at this restaurant or, you know, I've been to that pond, that beach. So my two favorite books by her are The Blue Bistro and Silver Girl. Silver Girl especially, I think it was a break in or a change in direction for her as far as writing goes. I think it would, it's a story that parrots the Bernie, Bernie Madoff situation from the wife's perspective. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's fictional, so their characters are, are not named Madoff. One of the things that I love about her writing is something that I, I wish more authors would do, especially when they write about a certain place outside of a you know, specific series. She finds ways to work in past characters and give us little updates about certain certain um, families and characters that have appeared in other books. And that really grounds the stories for me as well. The Winter Street series is a true series. The other one is not, it's, it's not a true series. Um, the only one is the Winter Street series. Terry Pacheco. Hi, everyone. I think Kathy and Mr. Corona both uh, made some excellent points. Having been someone who grew up on the Cape and have been to Nantucket, both in the good weather and the not so good, Nantucket's, that's one of the things that I really liked about so many of her books and that Anthony just mentioned is the characters do keep reappearing and not necessarily at a major role. It isn't like Cabot Cove kind of thing, but that they do keep reappearing. And that to me is so Nantucket. Because Nantucket is, you know, it's not, yes, there are times of the year when it's hugely tourist, but the year-rounders, if you will, are there, you know, have been there in many cases for decades, if not centuries. And it does create that, that sense of perpetualness. And that's something that's, it can be very warm and comforting. It brings you, you know, it kind of does give you that much more hometown feeling to it. And in a lot of ways, Nantucket and the Cape in general can be that way. But I, I've thoroughly enjoyed her books. And I think she's brought in some, a couple of other things that I think she's brought in some very good points that relate to today's, you know, to the global warming and so many other issues, for instance, with the beach erosion and the cliffs erosions and that the cliffs erosions Eric Gay had. Those are serious issues that need to, you know, that we all need to be reminded of once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think she does such an excellent job of that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed all of her Nantucket books. And I really do like the Winter Street ones. (laughs) I think this is a good opportunity for people to really think about some of the uh, great points that she makes in her books and how she makes each one of us feel inside from her books. Thank you. So for folks that don't know Nantucket, us New Englanders like Terry and myself have it fixed in our minds, but we know everybody hasn't grown up in the Northeast. 
Um, you know that little, you might know Massachusetts has that little curly arm out to the right. It goes out into the east, into the Atlantic. Off of it are some major islands. They're tiny, but they're major islands that you hear about. And one is Martha's Vineyard and another is Nantucket. And that is the uh, location of Ellen Hildebrand's books. So just to try to locate that out there in uh, space and geography for folks, I thought I would mention that. So you can't drive there. You've got to use some other form of transportation to get there. Terry was talking about uh, a plane. And I know one of the books I was listening to was talking about the ferry and uh, different ways that you get there. Who's next, Chanel? All right. Next up, we have Deanna Noriega. Excellent. I like her work because it's the kind of books that I turn to during COVID to keep myself centered, balanced, and sort of soothe my spirit. (laughs) Because she deals with real people, people that you can be in care about. And there is a enough contemporary information that you don't feel like it's a fairy tale. There is cozy mysteries and other things you can read when you just need a break from the television news and from dealing with the daily stress of handling our complicated lives these days. (laughs) Her books, because they take me somewhere where I feel fairly safe being there. I can get into somebody else's problems instead of my own. So that's why I like them. You know, I think you bring in a a very important role that books have in all of our lives, and especially during difficult times. Finding books where you feel that you can find that place of safety and centered, and it gives you a little, and relief. I like the word you use, soothing, soothing your spirit. That's really very important for us. Sometimes we need wild entertainment, and sometimes we need that soothing spirit. Glad to know these fill that space for you, Deanna. Next up is Penny Reader. She and Jennifer Weiner are my favorite writers, and I read a new Ellen Hildebrand book every single summer when I go to the beach because Mm. it's a perfect match. And I'm sorry that she's going to retire. I love all the Nantucket books. The first book I read by her that was Silver Silver Girl, and I thought it was an amazing book. I also really like the way she spells her name. I think E-L-I-N is a cool way to (laughs) spell Ellen. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and I want to congratulate you guys on winning your award because you so much deserve it. Thank you. So uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Penny. Maybe mm-hmm. you could be one of her virtual bookstores. Bye. Cheryl, do Bye. you want to, before we go to the next person, do you want to just mention about the retirement? She's cause She wants to be a book influencer is one of the things that That's she what she's calling it. Yeah. Promoting other books. So I think it kind of goes with what Penny Reader said, working with other authors, too. Mm-hmm. I thought it read 2024, but I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, that is. I'm looking it is? at it okay. right now. Hi, Becky. Hi, Cheryl and gang. How is everyone? <laughs> Good. Good to hear you. Good. 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 Well, I'm a, I'm a fan, too. I think what what has always drawn me to to Ellen's books is is the way she creates her characters. So they seem to me very real, like I'm just sort of walking in their shoes. Hotel Nantucket is a ton of fun. That I really enjoyed that book, but I think the one that probably had the biggest impact on me emotionally was 28 Summers. I don't know if others have read it, but It's a little bit different than her typical style. So was the summer of 69. Just going through 
all the emotion of that of the 28 summers book and and you know laughter and tears and all those things that a great book can give you um i i appreciated that a lot but i read the three paradise books and those were a lot of fun and and most of the other ones and i i would just echo what everybody else is saying about i've never been to nantucket but i kind of feel like i have because I've read so many of her books. I mean, I would love to go there someday. I know I won't find the same places, but I'm sure I would find similar ones. I just want to thank Ellen for giving us so much enjoyment. The next up is Deborah Kendrick. Thank you. Well, obviously, I'm a fan of Ellen Hildebrand's books, and that's why I'm here. I think I've read most of them. It's interesting that that Penny mentioned reading them in summer, because I think I always read them in summer, too. I guess, you know, (laughs) that's not a bad thing to be identified as a sort of a summer beach novelist. But I think a couple of things that I like particularly about her books, uh, one is that she's one of those authors that I know that when I start reading one of her books, I'm going to be immediately drawn in, wrapped up, all consumed, and not be able to do much else until I get to the end. Um, And then I'm always sad when I get to the end because it's over and I can't hang out with these people anymore. It is the people, the characters that make her books so rich, I think, because she has this wonderful blend of so many of them are you know, they have everything. They have money and beauty and sex appeal and smarts. But they have such deep human problems. And that's what makes makes them all so real. And, um, yeah, I just love them. I don't, I don't know that I have any favorites. I really enjoyed the Paradise series. Sort of read them boom, 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 one after the other. <laughs> so it's amazing to me that one individual can produce and, and you know there are a handful of other authors that come to mind who can produce so many books that are all equally riveting and entertaining and thank you yeah part of what she says in the article is that she her goal has always been to make every book better so i've got another version of my question it's is it the same reason that people enjoy Beach and romance novels? Is it some of the same reasons that folks are talking about in, in their general, what draws them to Ellen Hildebrand's books? It's the escape, the soothing, easygoing, that sort of thing, like a, a fun read, a happy read. Is that what tends to draw people to these sort of books? What do people think about that? Why do you enjoy romance novels? Predict the ending? What is it? There could be a lot the, of answers the to The inquiring mind wants to know. Yes, because <laughs> frankly, folks, frankly, <laughs> full disclosure, the sci-fi mystery lady here has difficulty with romance novels. I really have to work to listen to these. So please enlighten me. <laughs> yes, I'd love to hear first up we have deborah i i like romance if there's a lot of suspense to it Mm. Um, romance and suspense i have troubles with romance this mushy what they do in the bedroom stuff and stuff like that i don't know i i like it with more of um yeah and the the author that i yeah the author that i really like is uh, Christina Skye. 
uh, one okay. of the because she, you know she writes about the you know the military and and she writes mm-hmm. um, about Navy SEALs guarding a person. There's a lot that happens in these mm-hmm. books. The yeah. other one that I kind of liked was the uh, the Outlander series. Mm-hmm. Who's the Outlander the- series by? Oh, Diana Gabaldon. I'm taking down these names just so we can send queries to them about getting them on. Next up is Mary Cozy. Hi. I like the summer books because I'm a summer person. And I think Mm. all of us have a season that that we love. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I'll read all kinds of books from September until June. And then from June 15th to Labor Day, all I read are beach books, summer books, Nantucket books. I have read so many Ellen Hildebrand books this this summer that I feel like I live on Nantucket because <laughs> there, and, and I've read a couple other Nantucket books too by Nancy Thayer. And I think that some people just love summer. And so you try to find a book or a series of books or a million books that all have sort of that theme of kickback and the complex they can be complex books they can be they can be simple books but but they all have that that summer vibe to them excellent i love it thank you i'm learning so much (laughs) thank you everyone for enlightening kathy (laughs) next up is anthony corona one of the things that i really love about her writing besides you know it bringing me back to nantucket uh which i think is an absolutely beautiful island and she did venture off of nantucket in recent books uh one was set on martha's vineyard but um one of the things that i i love about her writing is she picks a theme for each book and mm-hmm. and follows you know, most of the characters interact with that theme in some way. You know, in a few of the books, there'll be similar storylines going on for for multiple characters. Or in some of them, the peripheral characters add to the elements of the central theme, like like Silver Girl, who we've, you know, myself and Penny have already mentioned. Obviously, everybody is reeling from that disastrous, <laughs> how do you reconcile that your husband and your father is, is a world-class thief um, and, and what that media attention does to destroy your life. But she writes very, very deeply into the theme that she picks. Um, there was another book, I, and I'm blanking on the title of it, that I absolutely loved about uh, four high school students and the interweaving of of how relationships and bullying and 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 just, you know, an unwritten caste system on, on Nantucket as well, you know. Mm. Um, so any book that you pick up, you're going to walk away feeling nourished and, and it absolutely gives you things to think about and conversate in your own head and, or, you know, her books make great book, book club selections as well. Some of those themes that she really goes hard in, I think are, are good to discuss as well. It's very good to know that. Uh, and so we might look into some of those themes and get some suggestions, Anthony, for CCLVI book club, put those out there to the group as possibilities some themes that might have some good teeth to it good terry going back to a romance Mm. i've never been big on i'm not a big romance usually i kind of look at what the category is of a book and if it just says romance what's the next one on the list i do like some romance involved again i think it needs to be not the primary focus of the book 
But there's nothing wrong with it. There's something nice about it being a part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like in something like Catherine Coulter's FBI series. Or, you know, books where it might be a couple or two people or a group of people, you know, where there is some romance, but it's not the major focus of the book. I, I prefer it. As someone said, not necessarily, I don't really need a whole lot of audio description of the bedroom. Because there's so much more to romance. There's so much more to relationship building. And I think that that's, but I think there are a lot of people who do some really good things with that. Another one who I think has done some nice work with that is Jean Granger. Well, in the tour series, but in in several of the books that she's done. She's uh, very good at getting some romance in there, but... It's not the primary focus of the book, and I think that's important. Thank you, Terry. That's really good. Very, very helpful. And the examples that you're providing, too, I really appreciate that. Cheryl, it reminds me of Jody Thomas and how she had, you know, the different mysteries and things that were going on in her books, but there were relationships as well. Her books kind of fit into what a lot of people are talking about. Abby Taylor, what drew me to summer of 69 was the idea of this family, you know, the son going off to being drafted and the mother trying to keep it from being sent to Vietnam. And, and, and of course the beach, I'm always drawn to anything that takes place on the beach because I like beaches and don't have a chance to visit them very often living here in Wyoming. And of course I do like romances. I used to like them, the, the ones with more sex scenes when I was younger, but now I'm older. I don't like romance for the sake of romance. And this particular book that I read isn't, it's really not about romance. There is some in it, but, you know, so that's the type of book that I like now. And that's what drew me to this particular book. Cool. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Marlene Massat. Hi. Two things. One is the person looking for more suspense in the books. With some romance, it's a good line is Harlequin's love-inspired and love-inspired suspense. They they do pretty well with that. And Lisa G. And has her hand up. We have both met, let me just say this first, we have both met Lisa live and in person the past, in the past. <laughs> in the past two was, weeks, even. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Within the same week of each other. It's pretty amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And thank you for all your kindness and hospitality and wonderfulness and just amazing spirit and and brightness that you bring into my life. Thank you. You know, this is interesting uh, conversation is that there was in the seven in the late 70s. I I was not an avid reader. I was not a reader. I didn't grow up learning how to read well or anything. And there was a book. There was a series of books that would come out called by Helen Van Slyke. She's since crossed over. But um, I don't know. They were very intriguing. They're usually about a young girl. I guess I could relate to it. And then she wanted, you know, she was traveling and getting involved. And then there was a mother and a grandmother. And I had my mother. You know, I could just relate to it. And it was just, I, I don't know. It was a thick book, too. And I didn't read. I could read that book. I would read that book every, a new book every summer. It was just engrossing. I guess it's what you can relate to. That's really what, I guess, mm-hmm. intrigues us with books. You know, what sparks us, what hits a little emotional button within us but interesting conversation because they didn't know about a lot of these authors and it's like oh maybe i should check out these these people so thank you very much for all the insight and good job on the geography people who don't know about uh, northeast. 
we can get a little bit northeast centric sometimes. So mm-hmm. I, I try to remember not everybody knows the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to teach that when I taught, I used to say Massachusetts has an arm. So if you make a fist and you kind of like put your, you know, show your muscle, that that yeah. would take cod. It was a very good, very good description. So this has been just wonderful to hear why and how people have enjoyed these books and the work that Ellen has done and what she's brought to your lives and how it's helped us spin off into other ideas and books and authors. And you have helped me help educate me about the benefits and the different types of books that might include romance, but have themes and different aspects to them. So I really appreciate and I know many of us might have picked up some new author names as well. So Cheryl, do you want to share the prompt for next week? Because we have a couple of different announcements. Yeah, uh, for today. Sure. Today happens to be Teddy Bear Day. The teddy bear was actually named after Teddy Roosevelt. And tomorrow night is a full moon. And next Friday is Pick Up a Rock Day. So here's <laughs> what I've given you. We are giving you a prompt. 75 words or less. A great dialogue. Let's put some dialogue in this and use the words full moon, teddy bear, rock. Have fun. Gosh, <laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> I know she stays up at night coming up with these. I also <laughs> wanted to give a chance. We'll take just maybe five minutes here. I think we have time. Does anybody have questions for us? Things they want to ask? We'll do a Q&A here give a chance for that. We also want to announce very, very important while people are raising their hands. Next (laughs) Thursday, 7 p.m., drum roll, fireworks, excitement, stars blasting through the sky. Yes, indeed. Cheryl is having a book launch on Zoom. And Marlene Massat is doing that with her through Behind Our Eyes. We're so excited about it. We'll be sending out an email to our subscriber list on Tuesday with the contact information if you want to check it out Thursday night. Mm -hmm. But we are also working on bringing her book launch to Writing Works Wonders in October. We've got to get all the people involved scheduled to be able to do that, but we're hoping to bring it right here for you as well. Are there any questions, Chanel? We have one raised hand, and that is Mm -hmm. Marlene Massat. The question Mm -hmm. is, what classifies a book as a beach read there? Takes takes place where there's water. That's my interpretation. Water. So another (laughs) one is sometimes they say beach read or summer read. And my understanding is that there's something that's light that you would like to take to the beach to read. Mm, Yeah. That's another way of looking at it. (laughs) Yeah. That's another way of looking at it, whether something's beach based or whether something. Or maybe they're having pool parties or something. Next up is Lisa G. What age level? Because I remember, I think, I can't remember Collins used to write or I can't remember there was somebody in the in the late 70s early 80s and the grade level was fourth grade so people could read it do you know like if they if that's a general rule for romance novels that they try to do it to a lower grade level well that's what the the newspaper is written in it's generally fourth grade reading level so i would i would guess that might be the same let me do a quick search 
Oh, interesting. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't know that newspapers had a fourth grade reading level. That's so Yes, they do. Yeah. I never knew that. Because you can run certain diagnostics on your writing to be able to find what the reading level is of your writing. There are diagnostics to run. Yep. Mm -hmm. My grandson read Cheryl's book, and he is a a phenomenal reader. I couldn't read Mm -hmm. the way he reads in third grade, and he reads your book so beautifully. I I was so Uh impressed with his reading. Uh, maybe we can get maybe he will he'll want to do like a little video and we can put it up on the website i'm reading thank you one of the the things about reading level if you're looking for that inside your word program it is called readability that's the diagnostic you're looking for is readability and readability there's a couple of different scales we could do a whole show on that now, when you say in Word, you can actually find that out in Word or you have yes, to? Yes, yes. Oh. In, in Word, just like you can do a word count and a spell check, you can oh. go under tools and you can say readability and oh. you can see the readability of your document. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Thank you. Yep. Did not... But I think most people don't know even what that word means. Thank you, everybody, for making this a fabulous show. We appreciate you. You have no idea how much we appreciate you. We are planning to bring the book launch to Writing Works Wonders on a Friday in October. In addition, next Friday on Writing Works Wonders, we have a discussion about self-editing and reviewers. Bring your questions and get ready to share your experiences and insights. This will be one of those where we toss out a topic and we all share our insights about it and people can bring questions on that topic. So this is going to be another focused discussion, but we want to hear from you. And on September 23rd, we have a very special author guest who will be with us, Larry Johnson. Yes, you know him from ACB, but learn about this accomplished author on our show, September 23rd. Yes, yes, go ahead. Hey, you got to tell them September 30th. Go all the way. What's September 30th? 30th. Oh, yes, I forgot. September 30th, yeah. September 30th. Get (laughs) ready for it. This is the big one. People have mentioned it. You've been hearing it whispered here and there and the other. It is true. Writing Works Wonders won an ACB award in July, and we are having the award celebration September 30th here on Writing Works Wonders, Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Details to be announced, but watch out. There's going to be a lot of virtual confetti and horn blowing and all sorts of activities. Is that good? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Very good, Kathy. Very good. We might, be, we might be doing the hokey pokey. There might be all yes. sorts of things going on. So bring your party hats yeah. be, and guide dogs. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and previous episodes. You will also find many opportunities to write and participate in Writing Works Wonders events. We look forward to being with you next time. Thanks, Kathy. This week's prompt was Labor Day, 75 words or less. First up is Abby Taylor. This is called Labor Day, simply. Labor Day was my brother's 54th birthday. 
since he lives in Jupiter, Florida, and I'm in Sheridan, Wyoming, of course, we couldn't celebrate together. But I sent him a gift. Since he and his wife toured Maine in July, I thought they'd enjoy a collection of poems and pictures by Maine author Bette A. Stevens called My Maine, Haiku Through the Seasons. The end. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This is Deanna's prompt response. My mother was 17 when she strained to bring me into the world, but I got the next day was Labor Day, but I got the date wrong. The doctor pulled me into the world with forceps around my hips, backing into the world, guaranteed that I'd be fair of face like the poem promised. But being born on the Sabbath day, I had more than a pretty face they expected of me. Fair, wise, good, and gay. Sheesh. So, <laughs> so that was my, my little, my birth poem. <laughs> Thank you. That was wonderful to read. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.